love, this one's for you. I'm Jess, and this is the Effortless Expansion Podcast. This podcast is for women who are ready to do it differently. Women who are tired of being tired. Women who are ready to shift out of the old ways and rules that are still lingering from generations and generations of doing it a certain way. Together, we're going to expand your life in every way. Effortless expansion of yourself, your relationship, your health, your wealth. Write your own rules, your own way for you. Here on this podcast, you will redefine the way you show up for yourself and your desires. You will create visions for this limitless life and what it gets to look like for yourself and your family. You will reshape the way you show up for your friendships, children, and your spouse every week. Together, we will reinvent how your limitless life looks and feels in less than 20 minutes. I'm so glad you've chosen to be here with me. You ready? Let's do this. Hey y'all, I got Jess here. Super thrilled to have my beautiful friend and assistant Carrie with me today. Welcome to the Effortless Expansion Podcast. This is all about questions that Carrie is going to ask me and I have no idea what she's going to say. This is just me being real, authentic, me getting big and bold and brave and giving you an opportunity to learn more about me, to really open myself up in my expansion journey to you know, I stand for going first, leading the way for you, allowing you to come along in my journey. And I'm just so excited to see where we go today. So thanks for being here, Carrie. I'm going to turn it over to you and allow you to ask me all the things. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to start, we're going to start easy. We're going to start lighthearted. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was little, I wanted to be a mom. (laughs) I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be somebody who made a difference in the world. And I kind of think I'm doing all those right now. I'd like to think. <laughs> okay. Our next question is, what is your favorite part about coaching women? Mm, mm, this is a good one. There's so many. If I have to pick just one, I would say it's the, it's the vulnerability that like when two women get together in a space, in a sacred space, which all of my coaching spaces are. And I think the coaching world does a, for the most part, a really good job of allowing us women to come together and allowing us to feel safe, to feel seen. It's one of my favorite things in my, my sacred coaching containers is to allow women to really come in exactly as they are and to be seen and heard and felt. It's important for me to create a safe space because, and a connection between the two of us, because I know we're going to go deep. We're going to heal some things that need to be healed. We're going to talk about some things that like we were taught not to talk about. (laughs) We're going to open our hearts in a way we've never opened our hearts before. And it's so imperative to me that women feel safe when they come into my world, because we're not taught when we're growing up that women are safe, right? We're taught to compete with each other. We're taught to, you know, go against other women. We're taught to talk bad about each other. We're taught that it's not safe to have you know, girlfriends. And then, you know, over and over and over again, we've been proven in our lives, right? We've been given the evidence that's not safe actually to have a good, deep, sacred sisterhood. And it is one of my missions on this planet to reverse that, to have deep, sacred sisterhood connections. And in my coaching spaces, when I welcome you in, I want you to know that. I want you to know that you're going to be seen and felt and heard that, and that it's safe here. And in that, it allows you to open up, open your heart and be super vulnerable. And it is my favorite space when I finally see women lay down this guard, this shield, this wall that we've put up, that we've been taught to put up to keep ourselves safe, right? To keep us from feeling the feelings we don't want to feel, the sadness, the disappointment, the hurt, the heartbreak, all these things. We put up this wall and in that wall, we can't actually experience that wall is what separates us 
between who we really are, right? And who in this shield, who we who we've had to become in order to survive the things that we've been through in life. And that vulnerability, once that wall comes down, you I see my clients, I see women in a whole new light, and that's who they are. That's who they are, born perfectly the divine woman that they are. And it is just so, so, so special. Oh, that was so good. So this question you might have already answered in that answer, but what do you think it is that prevents us all in in a general sense from achieving our greatness, from achieving our full potential? Do you think that it is this putting a wall up or do you think that it's something else, something bigger? Or what are a few things maybe that you think really prevent us from stepping into our greatest potential mm-hmm. as limitless women that we are. I think the wall that I referred to previously is certainly a piece of that, a part of that. I also think we have this deep rooted fear, right? How many times have we seen women be essentially burned at the stake, right? By other women <laughs> or men or society. And so we've seen that we're like, hey, we can't do that. <laughs> How can we stand up for that? How can we believe in that when look what happened to them and, or nobody's done it ahead of us, right. Or very few people have. And then we make up these stories in our mind of like, well, they were able to do it because they grew up here or because they hit rock bottom first, or because all of these things. And I think it's the wall, but maybe even more than that, my soul saying more than that, it's the fear, it's the shame, it's the guilt, it's the, it's the judgment we've placed on ourselves. That's what holds us back. And fear is a low frequency feeling. And oftentimes we're actually afraid to feel fear and fear is not even, fear is a secondary feeling. Oftentimes fear comes in because we're afraid to feel disappointed. We're afraid to feel sad. Then we're like, okay, So what can I feel instead? Well, I feel afraid. Okay. Well, why do I feel afraid? I feel afraid that like this, this, and this, this are going to happen. Right. Well, because if you don't deal with the first feeling, which is often sadness or disappointment becomes another feeling, which is fear, which becomes another feeling. If you don't feel it, which is shame, which is guilt, which is all, all these, which is judgment. So you get all these like secondary, third, fourth, fifth feelings, because you're afraid to actually feel the sadness. Right. And or disappointment. Disappointment is the biggest feminine energy wound, which I can guarantee you every woman has felt disappointment. Usually it happens at a time in our lives with usually a father figure of ours. They disappoint us in some way. And it's like hurts our heart. And then it hurts us so badly, even if it wasn't a terrible thing, like where we got left on the side of the road, it is, we spend the rest of our lives not ever wanting to feel that again. We spend the rest of our lives protecting anybody and everybody else from feeling that again. And so we put up this armor, right? This wall that we're like, we're never going to feel disappointed again. And so I'm going to protect myself from ever feeling that. And I don't open myself up for it. So when I start to think, oh, I might be disappointed and I'm like, no, I'm not going to feel that. Instead, I'm going to feel fear. I'm going to be afraid that I'm going to get disappointed. I'm going to be afraid that this isn't going to work out. I'm going to feel guilty if I actually do something for myself and go for my big dreams. And so I'm just going to let myself be held back by the fear. I'm going to feel shame because I actually want to do something bigger than what I'm doing now. And how can I be happy with where I am now when I have an incredible life? It's all of these things. When we don't allow ourselves to actually process, actually feel our feelings, which actually have the ability to set us free. I think that's why we were given the ability to feel our feelings. We don't do that. And we make it mean so many other things and we let other things hold us back. And in the planet as a whole, I guarantee you, 
this morning I was in my car after I dropped my kids off at school. And no matter where you stand on this issue, um, hear me in this. There was an infomercial on the radio talking about getting a flu vaccine. And it was so fear-based driven that I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? And I like turned the radio station and I don't, no matter how you feel, I'm right here. Perfect. I don't have the flu (laughs) and I don't need to be given fear about like X, Y, Z, you know, can happen to me if I don't get the flu shot. Like that's just, just, we are, we are bombarded so many times every day in fear, right? Do this. So this doesn't happen. Do this. So this doesn't happen. Um, wear your seatbelt. So this doesn't happen. And I'm not saying that all those things shouldn't be done to protect you and keep you safe. But as a human, we hear so much fear in our day that it just becomes part of our lives. And then it's no wonder why we're we're leaking fear everywhere and all the things, why we're afraid to go for our big dreams, why we're, why we're afraid to have the hard conversation because we have all this fear, which we're surrounded by it every day. It just becomes a part of who we are. And so I think it's really in the, I believe it's in the processing of our feelings of whatever they are that allows you to reconnect back with your soul, with your spirit, with your intuition, with your higher self to say like, actually I can go for this. Actually, I am supported. It's okay to let my walls down. It's okay to feel this feeling. It's okay to allow myself to be open to the possibilities and no longer fear the things. So that was a really long winded question, but there you have it, Carrie. <laughs> well, that was, that was really great. And I think that based on what I've learned from your other podcast episodes, you speak so much about being in the present moment. And I can imagine that being in the present moment can have an influence on our fear and how much fear we're feeling. So I'm curious in your opinion, what does it mean to be in the present moment and how does that influence our fear? Does it make it worse? Does it make it better? What do you think? Mm, You know, so often this is really something that I've been tuning into more recently is just the present moment, right? What is the present moment? It's called the present, right? Because it's a gift. It's, the, it's a present right here. So the present moment is not when you're on your phone. It's not when you're watching TV. It's not when you're doing the laundry. It's the present moment of like, I'm sitting here. For me, the present moment is I'm sitting here and I'm just looking around at the beautiful sky. I'm sitting here. I'm looking around at like the my ceiling and how white it looks and the beautiful color on the wall. That present moment, the just like feeling my body, like what's happening around me, just letting my mind go. And when you're in the present moment, it's my belief that you're actually connected to yourself, your higher self, your source, right? Creator God, whatever you believe you're created and you can feel yourself in your heartbeat and you can feel yourself as you are right now, which is right now I'm safe. I'm breathing. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm all right. Like looking at the little things, the color of my ceiling, the color on the wall, those things in the present moment where fear trips us up is when we're playing in the future for things we can't control or in the past. So I'm going to tell you this story because I, I know what happened. I shared this a lot, but how many times have you been driving in the car? This is when it always happens for me when my like subconscious mind kicks in and my, or my ego. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So we'd be driving in the car and I'm like thinking about a situation or maybe somebody that I have karma and agreements with that has yet to be cleared in my life. And I'm thinking about, they say something that like triggers me. 
And I'm thinking about them doing that. And then I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to them. And I'm thinking about this conversation. And I'm going to think about how we like have this entire conversation. And then what then, then what's going to happen. Then they're going to get in the car. And then I'm going to get in the car. And then they send me this text. And I send this text. And then I tell so-and-so. And then she tells so-and-so. And, blah, 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 blah. and before you know it, I've had this like whole five minute conversation. I've made it up in my whole head from fear that I have that she has said or done something that's triggered me. And like, I've played out this whole scenario that could be a freaking soap opera. Five minutes with them, I'm like, what the heck am I doing? I am a powerful creator who creates my own reality. And I literally just made up this whole story. Do I want this story to manifest? Do I want this to actually happen and be true? No. So what the heck am I doing? So now I've created this whole story based in fear that this is actually going to happen. And my heart is racing, right? My hands are sweaty. My like, my power is out the window because I've just like had a whole conversation with her over text and all these things that I've made up in my head and none of it is real. None of it's real. And so I believe fear represents itself. Fear is so such a part of us and how, and me and how I was raised and in, in our society that when we aren't really careful with being in the present moment of being right here, where we are, our mind likes to go to the future and likes to guess like, what if this happens? And I have this conversation with this person, you make up the story, or what if this happens? I talk about this a lot about having like a zillion backup plans. Right. And I'm the queen of backup plans, right? I have, a, I'm a mom to two little boys. So like, if, you know, my youngest has a fit, Oh, I got a snack for him. If my oldest has to go to the bathroom. Oh, you know, here's where we're going to stop. Oh, if there's a long line at this restaurant, then we're going to drive across the street and go here. All these things, right? So you're making up all these scenarios in your head, which is creating fear and is expending energy that you actually don't need when you need your energy here in the present moment to actually be, to enjoy, to see the beauty because where you can actually manifest and make bring things into your physical reality is in the present moment. If you're always living in the future, because you're worried about what's going to happen five minutes from now, you're missing the gift, right? The present moment. So true. So true. So in 2022, with all of our distractions, our phones, our, you know, zoom meetings, everything that we have in 2022, what do you think is our biggest distraction? Mm. Your mind is your best tool and your biggest distraction. If you're, if it's not working in your favor, what do I mean by not working in your favor? What I just said before that whole like conversation and your whole, like making 50 backup plans, that's not working in your favor. So when you can program your mind, when you can lean into your awareness, when you can become super conscious of everything you think, everything you feel, all, all of your actions, what's coming into your mind, you can use it to create this incredible life. And I'm obsessed with working with women to recode their mind for it to actually benefit them. And for those of you who are like, oh my gosh, this is happening to me, right? You can relate to the, like having all this, like all these stories, these backup plans in your, in your head. Here's the other best thing I want you to know. You can change this. Your mind is your most powerful tool. The most powerful tool, the best tool you've been given. And at any point in time, you can change it. If you don't like your current reality, if you don't look around, you're like, I'm not happy. I don't want this. You have the power to change it. It's the best thing in the entire world that is severely underused, underrated that none of people are talking about. And I'm here to change that. You get to create your reality. And it starts by leaning into your mind, creating it, programming it for you to work for you. So good. Okay. Next question is, 
So you're obviously a great manifester. You are a manifesting queen. You're always telling me about the beautiful things that you manifest and you're so tapped in, tuned in to the field of potentiality and creating your reality. So with that being said, is there, have you ever manifested something that you thought you wanted, but you actually realized you didn't want it? Like they always Mm. say, it's not all that, you know, like money can't buy happiness, but everyone's like, well, I'll be the judge of that. Let me just wait and see until I get that thing, whatever it is. If you could like save someone from the experience of wanting something for maybe the wrong reasons, have you ever wanted something for the wrong reasons that you thought you wanted, but you actually don't want it? Is there anything that comes to mind? Hmm. Off the top of my head? No, there isn't. But I will tell you, I have a deep seated belief that like, even if there was, I'm sure there has been, Let's let's be real. I'm sure there has been. But nothing that comes to the top of my mind right now, nothing that my soul is like, okay, yeah, tell them this. But I have this deep-seated belief that everything is always happening for me. It's not happening to me, it's happening for me. So even if there was something that I really wanted and it came into my physical reality, I manifested it. I don't believe that it would be to the detriment of me, right? It might teach me a lesson that I needed to learn. And it might be higher awareness. It might be, I manifested this through me because I'm the path of least resistance, but it's actually for my neighbor down the street. And so I'm going to give it to them. Um, I'm going to share it with them. I'm going to, whatever it is, but I have this belief that everything is happening for me, not to me. And so I think there's so much growth in that. There's so many lessons in that, that I just trust. And I know whatever is meant to be for me is going to be for me, period, end of story. And if I can just get out of the way and not worry about the timeline, what it is, if I can trust and surrender and just know that what I'm supposed to know, I'm supposed to know, then it's all divine. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So if you could go back and give the younger version of Jess some advice at any point in your journey, something that you really wish you could have gone back and told yourself, what would it be? It would be relax, open up, be in the present moment. Can you sit with yourself? Sitting with yourself in the quiet isn't a waste of time. Actually, it's some of the best time you'll ever have. And no, you don't have to grip and control everything. That it's all working out for you perfectly. That you are worthy of anything and everything you want, exactly as you are, period. And things are working out better for you than you could ever imagine. And so the more you can love, share your love, share your light, be open to receive the miracles, to lift people up, to share your love with them, the more you'll feel whole and the more your world opens up, the more incredible miracles you receive, the more good you can do, the more you can serve all of those things. There's no need for gripping, controlling, holding on to everything. You're incredible exactly as you are. Can you just let it be? One of the things you mentioned was sitting in silence isn't a waste of time. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there was a point in your life that you didn't sit in silence, but Mm -hmm. I know now meditation is such a big part of your daily routine, of your practice, your spiritual practice. And so I'm wondering, what does your meditation practice look like these days? Do you meditate Mm -hmm. every day? Tell me about your meditation routine currently and how it impacts your life. Yes, I do meditate every day. When I don't, it is a, I want to say it's a non-negotiable for me. Are there days where it comes up and I don't meditate? Definitely. 
I also believe in that, like, in that space, that free will, that not shaming or judging or guilting myself when it doesn't happen, knowing that I am a human, I am a mom, I am a wife, I am a woman who does put her, who does, I do put myself first and my energy first, no matter what. And so that means I typically meditate first thing in the morning and the weekend. Sometimes my kids get up early. We have a snuggle fast in our bed and it's incredible. And sometimes it doesn't happen in the way that I view meditation, which is sitting down at least 30 minutes in a guided or a silent meditation myself in the quiet, in the dark, just listening and breathing into myself, connecting with source, just feeling connected to the quantum field where all uh, everything lives, right? Every limitless thing I could desire lives. And that to me is meditation. Now on the days when I don't do that, that doesn't mean I don't tune in to the quantum field. Maybe it's when I'm, I can drop in so quickly now because I've been doing this work for so long in meditation, I can stand at the sink and drop in and feel connected to the quantum field. So that to me doesn't count as meditation, but I had this realization when I was talking to somebody not that long ago, they're like, but you can connect at any point. I'm like, oh, totally. And I'll do it sometimes when I'm in the car driving or like my kids are like losing it in the back seat. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to like connect in here real fast. So like, I'm still connecting, even though I don't really consider that meditation time, but somebody that I was speaking to, she's like, actually, I, I do kind of consider that meditation because meditation is connecting in, right? It's getting quiet. It's connecting into the field for me. It's feeling the power within me. It's feeling the connection to the divine, which I can do that at any point in time. But my typical best case, what I love to do every morning is sit down for 30 minutes, meditate in a guided meditation. I am obsessed with Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've been to his week-long retreat, his advanced weekend follow-up retreat, and is a yearly non-negotiable thing for me. I love his work. And meditation is a huge part of my life. It's allowed me to calm my central nervous system to ground in, to connect with source, to be able to channel things. It connects me to my clients in a way at a soul level. And mm, I, I love it. There aren't enough good things I can say about it. So good. So good. Joe Dispenza is the best. One of the things that you said is that you go first and this phrase, you use it a lot in your content, you use it a lot in your podcast. And I feel like this, you go first energy is really a pillar of your brand. And it's such a loaded phrase in the way that I understand it. I feel like my evolution of understanding what it means to go first has already come so far. And I'm sure there's even, even further to go. So for people who maybe read that and they don't quite know what you mean, what does it mean to go first? Mm. for me, it means I go first and set the example, meaning the scary, the bold, the big, the brave. It means I go first in that in meditation, right? I encourage all my clients to meditate. And how could I encourage them to meditate if I wasn't doing the work myself? How could I encourage them? Oh, you should really meditate when I'm not doing it. How could I, I go first means I do the big, the scary, the bold, the brave, the steps that like nobody wants to do. I go first in that I'm doing it differently. I'm shaking it up. I don't see anybody leading their clients in this way. I don't see anybody offering anything this way. All of it. Like I'm here to do things differently. I'm here to shake it up. It's in my, it's in my line five in my human design. It's my generator personality. It's in my human design. It's just in me and who I am. I like the excitement. I like to, to shake it up. I don't like the monotony. And I think I know 
that it's important for me to go first. This is the, this is also the five in my human design profile is to lead is to be the teacher is to show is to share with you my journey, the embodiment, and then to teach it to you, right. To further embodiment for me and for you, right. And the world, that's how we change the world. And so I go first means I set the bar. I set the example. I set the standard, not in a like condescending way, but in a like, Hey, meet me here. Hey, I've risen to here. Sources called me into it. Like I'm calling you into it too. I see this for you. You can be here too. Can you meet me here? Can we hold hands? And then can we rise again to the next level together? And the next level, the next level, the next level. And by me going first, right? Oftentimes this is also in my human design. My line five is I'm a trigger, right? A trigger. I activate other people, which means sometimes you'll see my stuff. You'll see me, you'll see a picture of me, what I wrote, whatever. And you're like annoyed AF at me. I don't like her. How could you be like this? Blah, 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 blah. Which I get it. I get it. But can you see that instead of it triggering or activating you and you being annoyed AF at me, can you see it as like, oh, dang, I want that. That's for me too. I get to have that. Actually, like want to be that. I want to act like that. I want to have that reaction. I want to see myself like that. I want to, I want to, I want to, right. And it's actually an invite. I'm actually inviting you into this, me. Can you join me here as like a connection, as a collaboration, as a like community of it? Not that I'm better than you because I'm so freaking not. Okay. It's in a, Hey, can you join me here? Sources called me here. I've worked hard to be here. Can you join me in this? Cause I, I, I know it's for you too, if you desire it. And if you can get past the trigger, the activation, the annoyed AF and be like, you know, that really bugged me, but it bugged me because I really want it. And can you join me to get it? That's what it is. That's what the I go first is for me. So, so powerful. Oh, okay. The next question, this might be a tricky one or a deep one, or it might be easy for you. What is your biggest fear? I'm trying to decide if I want to verbalize it or not because I understand the power of my words and I don't know that I want to share it and give the power, um, to the words. So I will just say, I'm going to give you the flip side of it without cry, or it's okay. If I cry and I can feel the feelings as I just told you guys earlier, my biggest desire is for my family to be healthy and strong and happy. And I have this like oh, vision of, and I'm in a I'm really old and I have gray hair and it's like really short and it's kind of matted down, but I'm laying in a hospital bed and it's the, it's like the last few breaths I'm taking. <laughs> I thought you didn't think I was going to cry. Did you Carrie? And Connor is holding my hand here. And then Tyler is holding my hand here and I'm just laying out there <laughs> and I'm just saying to him, like, I had such an incredible life and my favorite thing the best thing. And I say this to them now as I put them to bed. So of course it'll be the same thing I say to them. My favorite thing ever is to be your mommy. I love being your mommy. And that's it. And, um, so that is not my biggest fear, but my biggest desire is for my family to be happy and healthy and for us to have so many incredible memories together. And then for when it's my time to go, that they're both right there with me holding my hands. I have no idea where my incredible husband, Nick is. He's not part of that vision, but my two babies are there. Um. Oh, that was such a brave share. I didn't mean to make you cry. (laughs) Okay. 
Next question. When we go through our spiritual awakening, it can be really easy to want to like shake people and be like, you need to know this, or, you know, I can't believe you don't know this, or I wish you, I wish you knew this. And sometimes we can't do that. Sometimes we can't just shake people and help them to know something. But if you could just based on your spiritual journey, teach the entire world one concept, what would it be? The one concept. And when I say it, you're not going to see it. Many of you won't see it as this, but there's so much power in this is to be in your body, be in your awareness, be present, right? Put your phone down. I go so many places. Nick and I will go to dinner and it'll be our date night. And it'll be clear that somebody else is on a date night too. And they're both on their phone and it will be like, okay, are you, are you serious right now? That like, they're both like, what, what are they doing? There's so much that's happening around us for us that we're missing. Like signs from the universe, angel numbers, like gifts, like opportunities for you that you're like so wrapped up in your freaking phone that you're missing it all. And so the one thing that I would, that I wish for everyone is to know actually that the gifts are out here and not in here, that this is used to like numb, escape, make us go unconscious and not really realize what we're doing. And we can instead just like sit, driving the car with no music on. Like when is the last time you've done that? And let your mind actually like tune in, let you actually hear yourself think, let you, let yourself actually listen to your intuition, your higher self source. That's where the magic is. That's such a good one. It's so common to see people just on their phone all the time, all the time. And I even find myself addicted to it. And, and that's what it's designed for, right? Like there are teams of people who their job is to get better and better and better at keeping us on our screens. Are there any practices that you've been implementing that have helped you to break the addiction to our phones, mm. to the technology? Do you have any rules around that? Or do you set limits for yourself? Or how do you, how do you keep yourself from falling victim to that? Because it's so easy. Yeah. You know what? And actually I just thought of, I'm so glad you asked me that. I just thought of something. So I have a free meditation. It sits on my website that the beautiful and talented Carrie has put on my website for you guys to be able to get for free. And I want to give you guys, if you, well, you get it for free. So go there and pick it up as a way to like get into meditation. So we talked about meditation so much. I was just thinking about what we could give them, Carrie. Like I would love for you guys. So this is a really fun game that I've been playing with myself and I love games and we all do. Okay. And this is your competing against yourself, which is the best way. So every Sunday on my iPhone, I get a notification that talks about your screen use and I'm like, okay, sweet. So my goal is for every Sunday when I get that is for my screen use to be like down what it was been trying to find it for you guys. So it was down 13% last week. So I, I want it to be down and it's still like, I'm not going to tell you guys the average time I spent on my phone a day. So it's like freaking, but I want it to be down every time I get it. And so I'm going to challenge you guys to this, this Sunday, when your phone sends you that, if you have an iPhone and you have your screen timer set up, I don't think you even have to set up. I think it does it automatically, but I don't know anything about that, but send me a screenshot and then tag me on effortlessly Jess. All right. That your screen weekly report, your weekly screen time was down. I'm going to send you something back as a free gift. Okay. Just have to send it to me. And then I'll send you back something that's free of mine. Something else to allow you to tune in, to become more present, to like leave your phone where it is. There's a place and a time for this. I freaking love technology. And I love that. Like, it's just here on my hand all the time. And I love connecting with you guys on it with our real world. 
like me is about me and it's happening outside of me and not in here. And so you guys want to do that. I'll challenge you. You send it to me. I wanted to see it go down. I want you to, to be encouraged to go down and I want you to be present in the magic that's unfolding outside of you. And then Carrie, we'll just say my rules. I used to have like really hard and fast rules about like not getting to my phone before I do meditation in the morning. And for the most part, that is like it to a T. Like I don't look at my phone. I don't message people back. I don't like check in with my clients until after I've meditated, after I've worked out, after I've gotten dressed for the day, then I pick up my phone because, and you guys have likely all heard this, but I'm just going to tell you what, what it does to your body. Actually, when you pick up your phone before you're actually ready to receive the dopamine hits or the, or the stress or the anxiety that comes from your phone, right. Is you wake up in the morning and you are, your subconscious mind is like being primed for your day, right? Your subconscious mind is when you can put like certain things in your subconscious mind, which is like a really great time to do visualization. It's a really great time to do affirmations. It's a really great time to like tune into who you want to be right in the future. Who are you trying to be? That's whatever you're manifesting, whatever you're calling the next. And so, and it's also the best time where your body is like at a baseline, right? You feel calm. You're collecting. You've had a good night's rest. Your body's like, oh, that was so great. Your soul comes back into your body after doing all this work while you're sleeping, right? Your soul's at work. It's actually not in your body. I don't believe while you're sleeping. And so it comes back into your body and you're like feeling so good. And then you roll over and you pick up your phone and you see that your boss has wrote you a nasty freaking email. You have like 80 things to do today. Your kids, teacher is out sick. So there's no school. You see that your credit card bill is way over the limit all these things. And so you went from like here, calm, like, Oh, anything is possible. Like tuning into like, Ooh, that my magical self to now like, well, the, the day freaking sucks because you know, I have no money, any gas in my car. My t- kids don't have school today. What am I gonna do? I have to work. My boss is like, I mean, it's a big project. And so now your body's like, <laughs> you're in fight or flight, which like, and then all day long, you're in fight or flight, right? Cause you don't take the time to like tune back in to meditate, to come back into yourself into your body, into the world around you, into the present moment. So you're in fight or flight all day long. So you're in anxiety, you're in stress, you're in your central nervous system is like this. You're sicker than ever, whether you're showing it physically or not. And so my rules are to not, I don't pick up my phone unless I have my channel. So I can like can connect in. And even still, it's not one of my favorite things to look at in the morning. There's something like so precious to me about the mornings that are like nice and easy and my mornings aren't really slow, but just like, ugh. and I know that like, when I pick this up, there's going to be something that's going to be like, ugh about it. And I have to be strong enough and my power enough to hold that. And if I'm not, I'm not looking at it. Great advice. Great advice. And I think anyone who actually takes you up on that, they're going to see a this huge positive impact in their life. Alrighty. Well, we've got one more question. One more question. This is a fun one. What is either one or a couple of your current vacation destinations, like dream vacation destination? Okay. This is super fun. We were like, just talking about this last night. I was in the back seat of my car in between two of our dear friends, kids and in their, their, them in like their car seats. And we were talking about France and it's one of my favorite places. I have a minor in French. I've been to France a handful of times. My husband never has, but he's a great world traveler. And I am really, really, really wanting to go to France. And, you know, the world is opening back up and that feels really good. And I want to go. And so there, 
for sure. When I see the Eiffel Tower, I would love for it to be just Nick and I, or even to take my kids. My kids are younger, but they could do, they could do it. They're great travelers to see the Eiffel Tower at night. And it like, it's all lit up and it like sparkles and glitters. And it looks like just like a fairy on its own. It's just like, Oh, magical there for sure. I also want to go to Greece. I want to go to Greece and I want to rent. I don't even know what it's called, but like where you literally get a photo shoot in one of those dresses, one of those like big long dresses. And like, they, you like stand on the edge of Santorini, I think is the city. Like your dress is blowing in the wind, one of those like really long kind of halter dresses. And it's like, yeah, I want one of those. I want to do that. I really want to take my kids to Hawaii. And it was something that we were discussing for spring break this year. And we've kind of put it off because it's a really long flight for them, but I want to take them to Hawaii. Yeah. That that's off the top of my mind there. So fun. I don't doubt that you're going to go to all those places and make all of that happen. Definitely. (laughs) So that's all I have. Those are all my questions. Thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable and opening up for all of that. That's all we got. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun, Carrie. I so enjoyed all the questions. I loved getting to share more about me and allowing you guys to get to know me better. Thank you, Carrie, for this idea, this suggestion for the wonderful questions for allowing me to expand into this. I'm so grateful for you and our friendship and all the work that you do behind the scenes and with me to bring all of this to life. I'm just so grateful. Carrie is the brains behind all of this, the graphics, the podcast, all the, and I'm so grateful for her friendship. She's an incredible woman and her massive expansion journey as well and her into her effortless expansion journey as well. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Hey, if you love this podcast episode, can you please do me two quick favors? One, take a screenshot of the podcast episode you're listening to right now, post it on your stories and tag me at effortlessly Jess. I'm going to be so thrilled to hear from you and I will always repost it for my audience to see. Second, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, can you please leave me a five-star review? These two little things take only a few minutes, but they mean so much to me. Not only does it make my day to connect with my soul sisters on the internet, But as a podcast host, these are two things you can do to help me get my message out to impact the women of the world. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to talk to you in next week's episode. To your effortless expansion always.